Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another show right here on the Cathedral Sport Podcast, hosted by me, Ash, and I'm delighted to announce that we have a very special guest on this evening, in former pro boxer, bare knuckle boxer, author, and future film star, Gary, the Governor Furby, sponsored by Debsey of Derby. Thank you very much indeed. Gary, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show tonight. Really appreciate it. Firstly, how's life treating you and all this madness that's been going on this year? It's all good, mate. It's all good. It's been a, it's been a bit wild, um, bit bit hard to sink in actually, um, but uh, especially winning the governor title as well of uh, and Norman Buckingham uh, hand the governor title down to us, and plus the film role. And uh, I got asked to do a book years ago, and I've just decided to do a book, and um, which is going to be quite good. It's going to be called the Duke of Windy Nook. It comes out December the tenth on paperback. Um, it's it's just a bit mad at the minute, mate. But uh, thank you for getting us on your show. Not a problem at all, mate. That's, all sounds promising stuff. Um, I can't wait for that to come out, and I'm going to ask more about that later on in the show. But firstly, Gary, we're going to go right back to the very beginning, mate. Um, gives our listeners a bit of a bit of background about yourself, mate. Uh, where did you grow up, and, and what was life like growing up? Um, I I, I was born in Gateshead. Yeah. Which is uh, people know it's next to Newcastle, it's on the other side of the river. I was born in Gateshead in 1979. Uh, basically, grew up there. Um, I got bullied in that when I was a kid, and that. And my ma's brothers were boxers, and my uncle was a boxer. Uh, and that's how I got into uh, boxing, you know. Um, and I started my first gym in 1989 at uh, Bolton ABC with Mal Gates and Gordon French. And I moved from there to Fallon, Victoria. Uh, who, which Glenn McCrory had, uh, and that's where I started my amateur career there, and it just all went from there, basically. Like, yeah, definitely. That's uh, bullying's horrible to go through for for anyone. That's um, I've, I've experienced it myself, and uh, you know, it shows grit and determination to to overcome that and and step into a boxing gym because I've stepped into a boxing gym and I was really I was really intimidated the first time I went in there, but you know, you soon you, you soon discover that you're you, you're surrounded by like minded folks, so to speak. Um, yeah. Which is a good thing, but going to delve into a bit more about that, Gary. What was the, uh, what was it like boxing in the amateurs? Because um, it, the amateurs, I, I, it's really competitive. Yeah, like uh, it was 1993 when I had my first fight. Um, uh, well, what it was they don't do it now? That's what I've heard. They don't like you should win as a spare. I mean, you should win as a spare. So like you turn up a show and you bring like, the coach will bring a couple of lads. And if anybody pulled out and you're waiting as a spare, you've got, you've got to fight. We were the same age and weight. <clears throat> and my first fight, I had like 20 minutes notice. Obviously, I waited in as a spare a couple of times. And you used to get the free food and all that, now your free meal tickets and that. So I was just listening, I just waited in as a spare. And I thought, oh, I've got a nice sandwich and bag of crisps and pop and all that. And, uh, <laughs> and next thing you know, they're like, Gary, quick, you've got 20 minutes to get ready to fight. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> What's going <laughs> on? <laughs> um, I, I lost, I, I got beat by at one point. Um, I lost my first, I think I lost my first two fights when I was amateur. And then I went on to win like, a good few. Um, but I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, and back then as well, um, Memo and obviously back in the 90s, people could smoke in the bars, couldn't they? So when you when yeah. you went, well, when I was thirteen year old, when you got in the ring, and 
the open till I was like, what was it, 18, 17, 18 when I put in boxing? You could still smoke in the bars, and every time you box, man, oh God, it was like you had 40 tabs. Well, 40 cigarettes, your, your lungs will be ripping. Um, I, remember yeah. once, I remember once I boxed in a um, place in Hilton Castle called the Downhill Club. And I said, God, I needed fog lights to get to the ring. Like, now that much smoke at the time. But like, and how times have changed now with the boxing amateurs and that. And it's, 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 it's mad. But uh, I, had a good, I had a good amateur career. I enjoyed it. Um, it was all good stuff. Uh, I good, good. Enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it's definitely changed. I mean, it's, I mean, I live in Edinburgh, and there was an amateur show a, a few years ago, and it, it was like a pro show, flashing lights, entrance music, all sorts of, you know. But but I remember Nicola Adams, the um, the pro women boxer, saying once that she used to fight in in old men's clubs and social clubs and stuff, just like we, you just said, and she she couldn't see the crowd because of the smoke. <laughs> stuff like oh, that. Uh, you think yeah. that? Uh, yes, it was mad. And uh, they only had limited songs as well. It used to be like Star Wars, Star Trek, or I the Tiger. <laughs> That's what it used to be. <laughs> but, uh, but it is all different now. Um, I look after a few uh, amateur shows and that, and they're coming, they're coming like world champions and that now, man, don't they? And it's, it's, it's different. See, when we were boxing in the 90s, you, you got stuck into it, whether you're a boxer or a, a slugger. It's all different now. The all got stand like in box properly, haven't that, haven't they? You know, now. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, had, you had a decent, uh, you had a decent amateur career, decent grounding, decent apprenticeship, a proper apprenticeship, so to speak. Um, everyone should be encouraged to go down the amateur route. You see a lot of pros now that, that are turning up, getting multi-million pound deals and they've got like minimal amateur background, amateur pedigree. But you did decide to turn pro. Um, how did that all come about? I believe it's 2001, was it, that you turned pro? Yeah, around that time. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was two thousand and one. I think I was eighteen or so, eighteen or nineteen at the time. Uh, um, and I turned pro. Um, well, it was I was meant to fight in Norway. Uh, I packed in boxing. I boxed Gary Dixon. Um, it was short notice fight, and I boxed Gary Dixon. It was a really good amateur. Like he was, I think, it was like two time ABA champion. He had a lot of lot of fights. Yeah, several fights now, like thirty at the mm-hmm. time. And uh, so I, I boxed Gary Dixon, and he went on to win the English Masters and everything. Pro, and I think he he was in in line for a British title fight now when he was pro now. Very good, good kid, lovely kid. Um, and he beat us, and and I sort of like packed in because I had a, I had a, I had a Ben at the time, a kid at the time, my youngest, uh, the oldest son Joe. He was born at the time, and um, so it was hard working and training to fight and to fight for nothing, basically. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. so I ended up turning pro. Well, what happened was, sorry, ben, I think it was Benwell ABC. They had a sponsor for the Norvish Top 10 Select or something it was. And I got picked for it, but by then I packed in boxing. And uh, so me and my cousin, John Jackson, he, he me and him got picked in the Top 10 Norvish Select or something like that was, uh, to fight Norway in a competition. So... He was 10 stone 10. He had to make 11 stone 4. I was 12 stone 4 and I had to make 11 stone 10. So I had two weeks to get the... He had to gain weight and I had to lose weight. And I had to get passports to kind of box in Norway. And we made the weights and the show got cancelled. We got the passports and everything. And I thought, oh, yeah, I've just had enough. I've, I've quit. And people were saying, yeah. I, sh- I should turn pro on that. And I was like, oh, and I've thought about it. I've thought about it. Like, now nah, just plays on there a bit. But... I was working six, seven nights on the doors, plus working for the day. 
you know, um, it was hard work, and 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 I eventually turned pro. Um, but back then, again in the nineties, there wasn't any nineties nearly two thousand such a deal like it is now all over. Um, so basically, you had to like train and fund yourself. Um, and I had five pro fights, one, two, lost two, drew one. But to be fair, the ones I lost, you know, one I was really bad, and the other one I got my jaw broke. Because I was struggling to cut weight that much, I, I got in the ring, and you just I was just watching myself, and I was winning the fight, and I got caught, and I got my jaw broke. Um, but in the meantime, I was getting asked all the time to fight in uh, London on Joey Pyle Senior, who was a uh, yeah, he was the manager of um, Lenny McLean Roy Show and that, who who set up the Governor trilogies and that. Um, so I ended up going down there and fighting for them. Once my jaw was healed, and Joey Pell Senior, what a lovely bloke! You, you couldn't meet a straighter bloke. I mean, he, he's got a history with the careers, and uh, obviously Lenny McLean, Roy Shaw, Tony Lambiano, all them. Uh, and you couldn't meet a nicer bloke. And uh, I had a few fights down there, and I won the. Uh, I knocked the first two. Oh, won the second one. I hit the referee. I was. I hit the referee. Oh God! I, as I was busy stopping, it was on YouTube, but the being took off now. I don't know why. Um, and uh, I was a title eliminator. And uh, as the referee went to step in, it was for Charles Brunson. It was a thing for Charles Brunson. I was with Charles Brunson's mother. I need to call what I need. I had but I was right laughing there. But as, as I stopped the fight, I, I hit the referee because <laughs> I was still winging away. But uh, I won that. And then I went to fight on Stevie Yorath at Caesar's Palace. And I won the Roy Shaw belt there. Yeah, that was my first unlicensed title. Like, so it was, and I'm quite proud of it because I was like, now I'm the governor and I've got the Roy Shaw belt. I think I'm, I'm sure I was told I was the only man in the country to hold, hold the two belts at the same time. Like, it was quite good, quite good. Yeah. Um. Was that was that bare knuckle then, Gary? The, no, there were boxing. The there, were, there were boxing fights. The ones in London. Um. In the governor fight, the governor fight. Yeah, he has a story. Uh, I, I once fought for the governor title with Sven Hammer, and I was I, I, I was winning. The, it's, it's on YouTube. I was winning the first round, and after the first round, I was telling I couldn't win the second. Like I couldn't win the fight. But I went the points. Obviously, I couldn't knock him out because I was a lot later. So I had to go down the second round. So I tried and tried and tried to get a governor fight again. It never happened. But then. The, I was like, I never fought for two years until last year when I come back. I come back and I, I labelled it 24, was it, was it? Was it 48 hours of violence over two days, two fights? And I had the yeah. I had the bare knuckle fight for the governor title, but it had to be in the hair bills this time. Uh, and I won that. Um, and then I drove back a few other broken hand, broken finger, and boxed the next day and uh fought on a uh, it was a proper fight with Billy Hawthorne and uh I beat him and I gave all my money away to cancer and mental health. And so I, wow. I basically fought for nothing, which I wasn't bothered. I just done it just to do it for me to be to be fair, you know. Uh, yeah, so I all good. That's a fan- fantastic gesture, mate. Um and well done to you as well, because that's that in, in in the bare knuckle world, that title is it's like the king of kings, mate. Honestly, like that that, that Roy Shaw title. If you've you've held that, that's that, that's massive. Um, I, I was looking at you mentioned Lenny McLean there. Um, rest his soul, great great Lenny McLean. He once quoted that 
boxing with gloves is far more damaging to the head over time than, than bare knuckle is. Now, a lot of our listeners will be thinking that gloves are a lot safer, but they're only designed to protect the hands, aren't they, mate? So would you say, look, I know it still comes with a lot of risk, but would you say bare knuckle is actually safer, technically? I mean, I've had a few bare knuckles. One of them I had in a skip. Well, I didn't have one of them big skips, like 40 odd skips, but it was over the top. Two men in one. Oh, yeah. Uh, stuff like Which that. Would you say the same? Um, the, the, I would say it was safer as bare knuckle because then the day you've got gloves on, you're going to be punching people in the head all the time. So it does yeah. protect your hands, but it's causing more damage to your head. When you bare knuckle, you've got to try it. I mean, you can wing them in, if, you, if you catch them properly in the head. Your shots, you pick your speed, not you sort of like pick your shots, but you got the body a lot more and stuff like that. So you're protecting your hands more. So if you if you got the body, because you think you're going to hit the head all the time, you're going to smash your hands. Obviously, you're going to cause damage there, but you're going to cause a hell of a lot more damage to your hands. So you work, you, you try and go to the body, then the head, stuff like that. So, in a way, I would say, I mean, listeners may think that he's daft saying that, and you know, but I know you agree with us. Bare was more safer because you've got the body more than what it is, so you're causing less damage to the head. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've really got into that watching that uh, BKB um, promotion uh, lately. Well, the last couple of years, I've started watching it and got really into it. It's, it's coming to the mainstream now. It's from from hay bales to to the ring with thousands of people watching it. Yeah, it, I, I think I think personally, it's it is safe. Obviously, it still comes with its risk, but you don't hear of them going to hospital with concussions and, and having to have surgery on their head and all this sort of stuff. I, I think a lot of people are being drawn to that. A lot of boxers are being drawn to that. So you see like, like people like Tyler Goodjohn and, and, and people like that. Yeah. Good boxer from up here was on it. Travis, uh, Travis Dickinson. Very good lad. He had a fight on it, but he got stuck with a cut eye. But Travis is a good, good fighter. It is taking a lot of ex-UFCs in and, uh, and ex-pro mm. boxers. I mean, I don't mind in the hair bales. I mean, I don't think I don't think I could ever box in a ring bare knuckle. Was nice. I prefer that in a in a, in a field or somewhere a car park or in the hair bales because that's how it's done properly in my eyes. Do you know what I mean? In the BKB, the the more or less wrap the the hands over with padding and bandages. It's it's like a it's like a UFC group by the time it's done. At least in the hair bales or in the street or whatever. It's just your wrists and above your knuckles is wrapped and your knuckles are bare. Yeah. 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 It tends to last uh, a lot shorter as well, which is obviously less damaging to people as well, apart from apart from cuts like that as well. Since I've seen some bad ones, mate. I'm not going to lie. But look, um, I, I, I'm really into it now. That's why I, as well I wanted to get you on the show tonight because uh, it's quite a coup for me as well, getting someone of your, your stature in, in that world, um, so to speak, to come on and, and, and speak to me and, and, and to our listeners as well. Just pretty, Gary, you, you've got a book coming out, um, as you mentioned earlier on in the show. And obviously, you want to sell quite a few few copies of that. So I'm not asking you to go into way too much detail. But um, just tell us tell us a couple of stories as well. Um, just little little segments from your book, just uh, so our listeners go, oh, do you know what? I'm going uh, to go out and buy that. Yeah, well, uh, what it was, I got asked to write a book. I go to jail when I was, in, I was 25, 26 or something. I go to jail. And from eighteen to uh, being twenty-five, I, so like I, I've, I've done, obviously I, I, I've done a lot of things in my life in just them about six years or something. Um, so when I go, you know, I got asked to write a book, and I was like, "Why?" I said, "Not likely." I said, "No way." 
And I was laughing. I said, I could write two books. And I got offered of, uh, remember Danny Dyer's Deadliest Man? I got offered, I got offered for uh, Danny Dyer. Livers for three years. I was, I was fishing on the time. It's in my book. <laughs> I was fishing on the time. I got a phone call up the director. He's like, oh, he mentioned, I forgot his name now. It's in the book. And then I says, what? I went, you, I went, you kidding, didn't you? I went, that last man, I went, I'm, I'm fishing on the time with Flash Fishman. I went, get away. <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, me, we and, and as time went on over the years, people asked me to write books. Like, write a book. And I'm 41 now. And I thought, ah, I, I'll do it, you know. And especially because I've been asked to be in the Sears film. I got asked to play Viv Graham and that. Um, of Stephen Sears, one well, like friends with the Sears of, and um, so I, I've done my book, and there's some good stories in, there's some good boxing stories in. Uh, one them where I knocked somebody, I was I was wasn't meant to win that. Of he was fucking hitting us, he was hitting us too hard, so I, I gave him a right hand, left hook, knocked him out. The other first leg, and I fell off. Hey, <laughs> and the referee, the referee, hey? the referee over Gary, what we gonna do? I went, fuck, last me, you're the ref. He went, no contest. <laughs> the guy had a big following as well, man. And honestly, uh, 500 colour guys were going to kill us. Like, it's just as well I got paid before a box, like, I like it, and we made cheap and take off. There's some funny stories. There's some funny stories like, on the doors, things on the doors, and other things I got up there, which um, it's the way I see it. It's the way I see it when I was writing, the, when when I was sitting with Jamie Boyle, with Walk High Press, Jamie Boyle, who's the author of the Paul Sykes and Lee Duffy and that, and other books in there. When he was Chris laughing at us, he was like, Gary, when these are serious stories, when, but you've got me in stitches. I went, and he, he's put all in the book, and it's like, there's, a, there's things with the fights, things with the doors, things having fights on the doors. I mean, when I got caught, by the Daily Mirror, clothesline and somebody in the big market, Coventry fan. They fucking hell. When I was due to go to jail a week later, I thought I was going to get an extra time. So we've got the guy who owned the bar to buy all the newspapers in Newcastle City Centre. There's a million stories in there. Yeah, basically. But put it this way, I've been asked to write another book, but I'll give it to the 12 or 15 months. I've got that many stories, I've done that many things through the boxing world, through 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 the doors, through being associated with like, people in that, you know, it's just and it's just a scream, just scream. I mean, I comes from where I was brought up and I, I got bullied and that, and, but I had a good upbringing and, and I always say in my book, I say, I've never chose, like, I never wanted to be the person I am supposed to be, the people, I'm just me. It's just the way life went, you know. Um, but uh, I, the book, the book's gonna be the, honestly. I'll get that book. It's it, it comes out in November the sixteenth on audio and Kindle, and it comes out on paperback on December the tenth. Get the paperback one man. It's got the Duke of Winnie Nuke on. That's what's called yeah, the Duke of Winnie Nuke. I'll. Uh... I'll definitely be buying it for as I, as I said to you, as promised you for coming on and giving us your, giving us your time tonight. Um, yeah, and hopefully our listeners, after hearing a couple of those stories, there will will buy it as well, guys. When it's out, November sixteenth, 
on Kindle or or when it comes out on paperback. Please, how how, how much roughly is it going to be, Gary? Um, I'm just going to retail it. Five hours for Kindle and audio, but when it comes out in paperback, it's twelve twelve ninety five. Um, yes, yes, a lot. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good stories in this. Um, it's getting proofread at the minute, and the woman that's reading it says to the author, she went, I'm just in stitches. You went, I was in stitches, just late writing it. Um, just because of the things and that. Um, but like I say, it's all good stuff. Uh, and the future, there's, there's stuff on the horizon in the future. There's, doc, there's a documentary for Channel 5, uh, I'm, I'm going to be doing. Um, and there's a one for some freeview channel, it's a uh, heart of a fighter. It's mad. I just get picked. Like, I'm getting asked to do stuff. Like, people are interested. Did it, did I tell you what it is. When I won the governor title, I was surprised how many people around the world actually followed us. For years, I couldn't believe yeah. it. Because like, you're talking to us, and you're like, you can say I'm just a normal guy. And, like, so, like, people that know us, and I just think, God, you wouldn't think it was like you when I'm talking to you. And when I won the governor title, I was surprised. Getting people in, like, I got a bear necklace from Canada and you get presents from like, like letters and messages from all over the world. And I was like, God, they've been following this for years. It's mad. It's mad. Um, and obviously I've got the Sears film coming up uh, about Stephen Sears and the Sears family. Um, I got asked to play Viv Graham in that, which was like 1,100 people asked to audition for Viv Graham. And I got a phone call of Stephen Sears well, all right, Gary, because I see it's to Stephen for last year. Now. I see Stephen, I want to get me in uh, get me in the film. I mean, get a part in the film. He went, Well, I've got a part for you. See, so you, you be there's a fight scene in London, a boxing fight. You will get you in that. You want to get with that? I went, May I? I went, I'll do that. Little bit of clean in film now. I can see I'm an actor, even though I've done that, I'll probably just hire a punch or something like that. And there, uh, but a week later, phone call. Steve went there. You've got one of the main roles. I went, what? You went, well, you're going to be playing Viv Graham, which if, if, you, if you don't know viewers, Viv Graham was like a, a Northeast legend. He was a hard man. He ran Newcastle for years. And he got murdered on New Year's Eve 1993 outside the Queensland Pump World then. So yeah. it's a great honour to be asked to play a part of him. And I was like, God... Like, when we're leaving fight, you know, it's fight, you know, the thing. So, start doing like the the workshops and that. And uh, my friend, well, he is my friend now, but years ago, we had a fight. He's called Paul Venice. He's from South Bank, where Lee Duffy's from, who was Viv Graham's enemy. And Paul Venice yeah. looks like Lee Duffy, and he actually got the part. He got asked to play the part as Lee Duffy. So, when I got asked to play Viv Graham, obviously they mentioned the Lee Duffy. And I went, uh, I see as well. I said, who's playing uh, Lee Duffy? They went, uh, Paul Venice. I went, Paul Venice? I went, I had a fight with him years ago. They went, and they couldn't believe me. And I was like, eh, you actually know me. I had a fight with him in Middlesbrough Town Hall. And they're like, no way. Well, is it on YouTube? I went, it was on YouTube for years, but it's come off now. And um, Paul Venice had 32 fights. 31 knockouts, and I was the only man to go the distance from him. And uh, he's playing Lee Duffy like I. So, and then when when was me, Stephen, 
like Stephen Shears and uh, Brian Cockrell. You heard of the tax man, Brian Cockrell? Yes, I have. Yeah, is he is he a scouser? No, he's from Middlesbrough. No. Middlesbrough, the tax man, Brian. Middlesbrough. Yeah, right. I'm friends with him. And uh, we all went down to Middlesbrough to meet up. Paul Venice turned up. He went, I can't believe he went out to your playing the game. I said, no, I can't believe you're playing Lee Duffy. I went, you fuck I went a war years ago. I said, no, we're arch enemies on film. <laughs> but, um, it was just weird. It was like, it was mad, like how, like, after time as well, and how people have changed over the years, like I've changed over the years, and he's changed over the years. And like we're back, and like we went from being fighters to, <laughs> to, to doing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> fair enough, mate. Honestly, when when's this film coming out? I um, mean, it sounds sounds interesting. I want to see it anyway. Yeah, so when's it's it- going to it'll start probably next year. Um, obviously with this COVID thing, we're meant to be we're meant to be doing it like this year. We're going to start. I mean, the screenplays all wrote, and then Stevens just brought another book out called Operation Sears. Um, so obviously that had a bit extra out of it, but his first book, what the film's based on, is called The Sears. Tried and tested by the highest level. Um, so uh, viewers, you just want to get that, read the book, because when the film comes out, I thought it was just going to be a film, just not like some films where they just gone on straight on DVD and that. This film's going to go into, into the cinema. The guy that's doing it is Gary Fraser, who was the assistant director of Trainspotting 2. Uh, he's a two-time BAFTA award winner. Um, and he, he's doing it and it's going to go on in the pictures and it's going to go on Netflix so it's it's, it's not going to be a shady film it's, it's going to be a proper film where it's going to be like out there do you know what I mean it's like it's quite it's quite mad just to get a phone call to see him going to play that then to find out who, who's the director is you know crazy yeah it's, yeah it's crazy I mean also if you look at it this way you're in this and this goes out in the cinema and that this this could open up so many doors for you in the in the acting world and, and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a stepping stone into something different, mate. So yeah, I'd, well, full hats off to you, Gary. Gary, thank you so much for giving everyone your story tonight and um, telling telling me about some of the funny stories. Anyway, I really I really, really loved having you on. Honestly, um, it's been great having you on, buddy. Excellent, excellent. It's been a pre- it's been a real honour of you asking us to come on. And uh, if you want to say. Speak again on it in the future. I will do. I'll speak on it when the book's out. Um, but like I say, it's been a, a real honor and a nice meeting you, Ash. And uh, listen, lads, lasses, ladies, gentlemen, folks, what's it like? The Looney Tunes in it now and on now and then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the book's out on the I think it's November the 16th on Kindle and audio. But get the book on paperback. That's what you want a paperback book, man. Give me a proper book. On December the tenth, the Duke of Wendy Duke. That's right, guys. You heard you heard the man. Buy it on paperback. Twelve pound ninety five, December the tenth. There you go. When a fit when a when a film comes out next year, get yourself a cinema ticket and go see it. Make a night of it. Gary, excellent. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much, Ash. Thank you very, very much. Guys, we're on all the platforms on Anchor, Google, Spotify, and Anchor. Um, Apple Podcasts, sorry. Next week, we are interviewing Paul McElvena. He's a Fulham super fan. Got some great stories to tell. Been all over Europe with Fulham. Um, he's, he'll be on next Thursday night. We're also launching our new rugby show soon, High Tackle, where we're going to have rugby guests on from the from the world of the overall ball uh, game. 
any donations guys always welcome no obligation to you're still going to get our shows no matter what but if you want to donate to us paypal or at us uh on, on Twitter, Cathedral underscore sport and get in contact with us that way if you want to sponsor any of our shows. Again, thank you to Deb Z of Derby for sponsoring our show tonight. Cheers, guys. <laughs>